Hello and welcome to In The Mix, the podcast dedicated entirely to the Great British Bake Off. This week I'm pretty excited about the guest that I've got on because he was here for the original In The Mix series. It is JP. Hello. Hello. Are you as excited as I am? I am. I'm not going to lie. I was looking back at some of the old videos to get myself back in the back in the zone. Oh, not in the mix, the mix. In the zone. In the zone for in the mix. <laughs> okay. So excited. <laughs> that works. At the moment, you've currently been given the title of key worker. Unlike me, who works on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're an e worker. I'll Thank be a key you. worker. There I you know. go. Yes, I have the, the joy of being a key worker, but uh, being a teacher and not being in school every day as not to catch the horrible germs and viruses and everything. I had a day off today, so I'm feeling quite refreshed. So much has changed in the space of a week, it's ridiculous. Are you all going into school or are you on proper lockdown? Uh, no, I'm still in school, but we've cut it down. So I was supposed to be doing three and a half days a week. I'm now just doing one and a half. I bet it's that's really, really weird. It's really, really odd. We're sort of sitting there going, um, okay, <laughs> what, what do we do now? Plan for lessons that we know we're never going to teach. Oh, God, um, yeah. Yeah, very strange. So you're having but... to find something to do then. Lots of box sets or... Oh, I know. Well, I have. we've been watching uh, Old Bake Offs. Oh, nice. Okay. So, I mean, that's topical. Yeah. Who thought we'd have the time for that? <laughs> I know. Um, who, who does that? Ooh, let's watch a bit of Bake Off. <laughs> yeah, just hitting the box sets. And then Disney Plus, of course, came out yesterday. Yeah, Game do, you Changer. Ha- do you have that now then? Yes. Are you going to be watching all the old Disney films? Yeah, we watched The Rescuers yesterday. We haven't watched anything oh, yet today. Man. But yeah, we're sort of watching a movie a day is that's the plan. That's good. I mean, it's nice to have free time, but I bet it's weird when you go in. Do you, how many children do you actually have coming in? Well, this is the brilliant thing about it. So you'd think that we'd have loads and loads of children. We had seven today. Oh, God, that's so weird. Like I watched on the news, they were speaking to this one boy and there was about four people in the whole school. It's crazy, isn't it? It is mad. Yeah. Are you sort of teaching them or you sort of like, you know, like I'm imagining it's end of term type stuff. You chuck the DVD on, you oh, yeah. play a few games. Is it a bit like that? <laughs> Literally every day is wet play. It's just, <laughs> it's board games, it's DVDs, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous little things. But, yeah, it keeps the same, so That's why true. not? Do, uh, like the children, do they sort of know what's going on? But, do you know what? They're quite aware of it. I've been, I've been quite impressed. They yeah. are um, quite astute, should That's we say. Cool. Yeah, which is, it's a bit of a shame sometimes because you think, bless them, it, it's nuts. And it's that thing of if I'd gone through this when I was eight years old... I would have been petrified. I would have been absolutely petrified. Yeah, I wonder so, whether I would... I don't know, because I feel like I'm quite scared now. So I don't know at eight. Maybe yeah. I was just, you know, getting back into my colouring or something and probably could forget about it. Whereas now, anytime you have the TV on, it's, you know, danger. Know. <laughs> and it, it feels like World War Three because literally you sit down to the news every day to see the Prime Minister. And when it was the, the one the other night at half past eight or whatever it was... Yeah. And uh, it wasn't live. And it was, you know, that mid shot of him sat at the desk. And I thought, oh, dear. I know, <laughs> a proper oh, speech we'll all remember sort of thing. I know, I was like, oh, no. But having said that, we went into lockdown without calling it a lockdown. And nobody is going into lockdown. So oh, God. obviously it didn't have the impact he wanted. No, I saw a video today of police officers just breaking up people sat in a park and they were just using like a megaphone to shout, go home, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> I saw your comment to that, which was, this should be my job. I'm like, oh, amazing. Literally, but uh, it is my ideal job to actually go around and shout at people and, you know, tell them they're being dicks when they are. But I, I would like to 
could do it in more sort of smaller spaces so I could go into people's offices and, you know, have a go at the office dick. And, uh, yeah, that would be great. Which one of you ate out of the communal fridge? I know. Who microwaved the fish? Come on. Sorry, drinking tea at the same That's time. Right. I've got I've got the typical thing. I've got tea. I've got a bottle of water. I've got a bit of tiffin. Treat tiffin? yourself. Tiffin. Tiffin. Do you know this is the thing? The amount of of like I mean, you know you can't even say you um baked tiffin, can you? But literally we've been making Rocky Road, we're making tiffin. Oh my god. Uh, we had pancakes for breakfast the what? other day. You're living Amazing. the dream. I know. I know. This, this this is what I've always this is like being a child again. I, know. I love it. It is. It's like snow days. <laughs> yes. People are doing more exercise now than I think they did before. L- literally my favourite thing. I, so we went out for a walk yesterday. We went for a walk around the village. It was our one allotted piece of exercise yeah, a day. Don't go out a second time. Exactly. I can't go around the block more than once. <laughs> but it's just that amazing thing. You, you see people out and about and you go, you haven't left your house since the 1980s. Like, why are you out today? Someone, like, seriously. A woman waved at us the other day. And I just stared at her because I was like, who are you? And my boyfriend went, we don't know her, do we? And I was like, no, we don't know anyone. (laughs) The side effects of coronavirus, it's making people too friendly and doing exercise that they haven't done for years. Exactly. Ridiculous. (laughs) I feel like you need to clarify for me exactly what Tiffin is, because I'm thinking just Rocky Road. Do, Do you... I'm going to let you into a secret. I don't know the difference. Oh, okay. The recipes are very similar. Does one have raisins in and one doesn't? I have got raisin in the tiffin that is sitting next to me for a little bit of a munch halfway through okay. the podcast. So, yeah, maybe maybe it's the raisins that make it. Maybe. Know. Who knows? Uh, I'm just enjoying saying the word tiffin a lot. Tiffin's a good word. Never say. Yeah. There's a school called tiffin not far from me. I'm hearing no. every time I go past, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Tiffin primary school. Tiffin, no, it's a grammar school. Oh, sorry. Tiffin <laughs> grammar school. Selected <laughs> entry. <laughs> Different, very, very, very uh, selective, don't yes, you know? Yes, it is uh, true that if you went to a grammar school and someone mentions grammar schools, you have to say, "I went to a grammar school." So, I went to a grammar school. Did you go to a grammar school? Yes, I did. Dover oh. Grammar School. Thank you for <laughs> girls. If that well needed done. clarifying. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Eleven-year-old me could match shapes and things quite well. So. <laughs> I didn't go to grammar school, but I turned out all right. So, you know. Exactly. exactly. Not as good as you. Well, you're a key worker. Come on. The government <laughs> have given you that now. I know. I feel like that's going to go on my CV and my business cards. Good. JP, radio presenter, primary school teacher, key worker. Right. This week's episode of The Bake Off, the contestants were TV personality and fashion designer Tan France, British number one tennis player Johanna Conta, actress Caroline Quentin and comedian Joel Domit. I thought it was a bit of a strange lineup this week. What did you think? It's a weird mix, isn't it? Now, I'm a massive Joel Domit fan, so it was nice. really nice to see him on there. And then you sort of pan around, you got Caroline Quentin, sort of, you know, comedy actor as well, very yeah. good. And then you get Joanna Conta. And then Tan France, who I've got to admit, I had never seen before in my life. And that was one of the ones, <laughs> and there's one in every episode, isn't yeah. there? And you sit there and go, who is that? Yeah, and you've Googled you? them within five minutes. Uh, it was an interesting one to watch, actually. It was quite good. Last week, we had kind of such big characters like Scarlett Moffat, Richard Dreyfus, and uh, James Buckley. They were so, like, loud and coming up with loads of quotes and stuff, whereas I felt everyone in this seemed to be a little reserved. It was a little flat at times, wasn't it? I know, obviously, Joel Domit. Did you know him previously before I'm a Celebrity? Yes. Did so, you? random random fact. I think it... I'm pretty sure it was Joel Domit. So, in one of my previous jobs, we had a comedy night once that was organised for those of us that worked at this place yeah 
And Joel Domit, as an up-and-coming new comedian, very new to the scene, came and performed at this gig for about 50 of us. And now he's on TV. That's cool. That is pretty cool. I mean, I, I hadn't heard of him before I'm a celeb, so... That's the only fair, place he... that I know him from. I actually don't think I've seen him anywhere since, except Bake Off. It's <laughs> true. He doesn't do a huge amount in the meantime, does he? He was probably my favourite, actually, out of everyone on this episode, I think. A bit um, of entertainment. The others were a bit boring. I know. but I'm there, sorry. There was quite a lot of grey hair in this episode. More than I've, <laughs> I think I've ever seen in in one place before. Yeah, there was an interesting uh, demographic, shall we say. Although I can't quite age tan. And of course, later on in the episode, we won't talk about it yet, I'm sure, but later on in the episode there was an uh, you know reference to his age and i was like hmm we've well, already got gray hair i'm not quite sure how old he i'm gonna go google I've, this i've actually talking. googled it it's really sad uh, i i know off the top of my head now he's 36 is that it yeah i thought he was older than that i think maybe maybe he was born with it <laughs> maybe he's maybelline um, <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe maybelline. he's always had gray hair uh, or or it is fashion and we should probably be following it i don't know maybe to be fair i've got the occasional gray hair coming through really? it comes to being a key worker <laughs> Um, so this week, at the beginning, they always seem to do a little bit of a skit, obviously. Um, this mm. week we had uh, a really horrifying image of Paul Hollywood, the cardboard cutout, dressed solely in the Starbaker apron. And, and this is when Tan began saying that he would win. He's actually said at the beginning and throughout, I'm going to win this. Oh, he was confident. Very confident. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I was like, hmm, okay. And it's almost like when you see those people, particularly if you don't really know them, you're like, I want you to lose. This is quite a British <laughs> thing, isn't it? I know it's horrible. And I'm a nice person, apparently. But yeah, the, you know, British people was like, I want you to lose if you're too big headed. And I, I did think a little bit. I was like, hmm, well, maybe this will come back and bite you. But uh, yeah, he was quite confident from the off. The apron thing, though, I've got to say, I went and had a look on the website to go and see how much a Starbaker apron yeah. was. Because I was that, I was like, it was in my basket, ready to go. I'm leaving it 24 hours just to to wait and see. Yeah, they might send you an email saying, have you forgotten what's in your basket? Here's a 20% off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I love that. Here's a discount. Exactly. I mean, it's for charity, but you never know. (laughs) Oh, it is true. I'll I'll give the money. I'll give the money to stand up. How much was it? It was $9.99. Bargain. That is, I thought you were going to say more, actually. thought it might be $14.99. You can get sensible aprons that aren't as cheap as that. That's true. Why would you want any other apron? No idea. I know. <laughs> this week's signature bake was to bake eight eclairs with shoe pastry. They had to be topped with decorations and could be filled with any filling or flavour of the baker's choice. Um, I felt like we did eclairs the other week when we had Jenny Eclair on, but I think, were they shoe buns instead? There's, there has been a lot of pastry in recent series. There's been a lot of shoe too much shoe mm, yeah there's been a lot of shoe pastry so when it came up i was like oh gosh not again not I again it, it wasn't sort of that different from the things they've been doing before and actually yeah you could maybe have some nice filling but the icing or whatever it was just all going to look very much the same i like it when they have a bit of personality in the bakes i mean that's why the mm. showstopper's the best one but yeah the signature this week it didn't didn't grab my attention as much as the others i guess no, it really, really made me miss the Civilian series again when they get those really extravagant, you know, bread week with the massive, you know, fugas and this, yes. that and the other. And you think, oh, I'm a bit bored of shoe. I'm a bit bored of a basic pastry. Give me something a little bit more interesting. But I suppose with the celebrities, half of them haven't got a clue. No, they have to, so they have set, to go something. Yeah, set something that yeah. they might be able to achieve. And there were some uh, questionable choices this week. Oh, there was, definitely. Well, firstly, your hero of the show, Joel Domit, he... He uh, 
called them profiteroles, which I like. Profiteroles. Yeah, they were good. Very uh, punny. Very punny. But he went a bit different with his. I mean, he didn't come up with like spices or any fruit or anything. He went protein. Um, <laughs> I know. It was like, hmm. Yeah. And Sandy was said something like, like ham. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he had uh, vegan chocolate and uh, vanilla protein powder in, in the creme pat. I'll be honest, if you can eat protein that way and gain the muscle and look good, then I'm all for it, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. If you also didn't have to go to the gym and could just eat protein um, eclairs, yeah. I would very much be into that. I sort of forget that bit. That's yeah. the hard bit. <laughs> Prue in this got quite close up to Joel, had a bit of a squeeze of his bicep. Uh, I think she was quite I shocked. What you were going to say then? Bicep, of course. Ooh. You watched the episode. I didn't watch like I know, I know. the uh, post watershed. <laughs> I mean, it's post watershed anyway. Great stand up to cancer bake off after dark. <laughs> oh God! Do you remember? I, I don't know. I used to watch Mock the Week a lot, and they brought out a couple of DVDs that were called Mock the Week Too Hot for Too TV. Hot to <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever it was. It was like, oh gosh. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want to see that. No. Can you imagine just the Great British Bake Off Too Hot for TV? No, thank you. I mean, with the amount of innuendos in there anyway, what is it going to be that's going to make it even worse? I have no idea. Maybe they just do away with the innuendos and just actually just start being disgusting. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I don't want to see that. There is probably a dark, seedy side to the internet somewhere in the fan fiction oh, forums. No, there will be, won't there? Some sort of Pru and Paul fan fiction. Ooh. Fifty Shades of Cake. Uh, we went too far. This is what self-isolation is doing. We forget how to talk to people. <laughs> so there was a disgusting bit where Joel said that his eclairs would give everyone either buff biceps or severe diarrhoea. So <laughs> I know, I was like, maybe I'll steer clear of the protein or his baking. I don't really know which bit of it was causing the issue. I don't know, probably all of it. Who knows? <laughs> Tan in this challenge, he you could tell that he had had a little look at social media, seen what looks good with a shoe bun, and tried to combine, I think, too many elements into his final product. Mm, yeah, he was focused. When you start hearing pistachio and cardamom on a celebrity version, I you know. think you are trying too hard. Who thinks, hmm, I'm going to bake a, a cardamom cake or something at the weekend? <laughs> That's not the first thing. It's chocolate fudge cake, Victoria sponge, yeah. muffins. I don't even really know what cardamom is, if I'm honest. I don't think I've ever tried it. You put it in curries. Well, that's where I've had it. Uh, See, I'm not really a curry person, Mm. so... mm. He made pistachio and dark chocolate ganache with a cardamom creme diplomat, which I just think, (laughs) like, someone said the wrong word. Doesn't creme diplomat sort of sound like you've tried to text someone, you know, creme patissier or whatever? (laughs) And uh, it's it's accidentally written the word diplomat because apparently it thinks more people are likely to misspell diplomat. It's It's like the difference between Rocky Road and a Tiffin. Nobody knows. No, it it just sounds... (laughs) It just sounds weird. I want to have people that are like like working the UN or something calling each other <laughs> creme diplomats. It's just it's just a bit flirty. It's weird. Would you like a bit of creme diplomat with that? <laughs> yes. I know. God, cabin just... fever is set in for me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is the thoughts at you know four o'clock in the morning when you wake up. Mm, creme diplomat. Mm. Creme diplomat. Yeah, but it's just it's seven o'clock in the evening. I should be a normal functioning human being, but it's not it's not working. One of the other things that Tan did was create something called a crackalan. 
Is that right? Am I saying that right? Yes, crackalan. On the top of your shoe bun or your eclair, it cracks. And I think he was trying to do it to sort of hold everything together, hold its shape a bit more. But it's one of those <laughs> things that you see, well, I see on Instagram, people always make like turtles out of shoe pastry. And it's like a green shell on the top. They use that crackalan to sort of make the shell. So I just thought, oh, oh he's mean, also yeah. seen that Instagram post. He's going to try and recreate that. But in the end, he ended up just covering it with chocolate. So you didn't even see it. And I think Prue said, <laughs> what was the point of that? All of that effort got into the crackalan and nobody even saw it. I know, but he seemed to get his timings kind of wrong. I mean, he had half an hour left in the oven when the whole timing of the bake was half an hour to go and everyone else had decorated. And it's another one of those British things, I think, that once again, when somebody does that and they are very overconfident and then they run out of time and all together we're all sitting there looking at the screen going, please mess up. And then he pulls (laughs) it together and makes something really nice and you're like, oh, come on. I know. I sat there going, see, that's what you get for saying that you're really good. That's why you should be humble and sort of downplay yourself because if you muck up then the fall's not as bad but if you do really well it's even better that's like the english way of thinking (laughs) and thing is both you and i have edited videos we both know that if there is somebody who says that and then they mess up later on in the episode you can be sure that we are going to put that in the episode so when i saw that i was like oh come on i know what's going to happen here and it didn't yeah i know it's annoying that's exactly what happened last week with um scarlet and patsy patsy had created her own jam scarlet hadn't so definitely the producers went you need to make uh, Scarlett feel bad that she hasn't made yes. her own jam. So yeah. they do it all for a reason. Johanna, she did some interesting flavours, a bit more to my taste, I think, than the pistachio and the cardamom. She did passion mm. fruit, another creme diplomat that I've written down. <laughs> a, a passion fruit creme diplomat, that's a <laughs> euphemism. Uh, and she did white chocolate as well, and she did some nice feathering on the top of hers that looked like uh, Mr Kipling, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> look at your angel slices now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they did look like that. They did. Do you know what? We love a bit of feathering on Bake Off, don't we? I know. The decoration is good. When someone can do good decoration, as viewers, we can't taste it. But if the decoration is good, we can actually mm. enjoy that more. So I enjoyed Johanna's and, and decoration. I just like the bit when Joel had a go and he just went, no, totally messed her up. <laughs> yeah. it's like, feathering is not hard, Joel. Seriously, just watch Johanna, you know, just, just cocktail stick. Always with a cocktail stick, something. Cocktail stick down there and then a bit that way, bit that way. And Joel's just sitting there sweeping it around like he's doing some sort of spell from Harry Potter. Like, oh, come <laughs> Come on. There is no spell to salvage this. No, definitely not. It was not magic in the slightest. (laughs) Take off repair Cocktail sticks are like just something you never, ever have. You never go to the shop and go, oh, I need to top up the cocktail sticks. But there's always (laughs) some in the back of the cupboard and uh, feathering. That's what you can use them for. Whenever I see cocktail sticks now, I'm just going, oh, I could feather something with yeah. that. <laughs> Shall we feather the tiffin? <laughs> I'm going to feather the tiffin next. I'll have a nice marbled effect going on the top with a bit of feathering. I don't even know what aisle in the supermarket cocktail sticks are. I mean, there probably aren't any. They've probably been panic bought anyway. Probably but... to make fires when we can't afford our central heating. <laughs> <laughs> when all of the electricity and gas in the whole entire world goes, exactly. we'll still have the cocktail sticks to feather and make I fires. Know. And the skewers that we bought once to make some kebabs and then they've also sat in the back of the cupboard for a long time that's always good when people use them on grills but soak them for about an hour first and it's like why buy wooden skewer why make skewers out of wood (laughs) i don't get that either who in the right yeah okay I love Calming how, down. It's, it's, I love it's how the isolation, I tell you. Yeah, it is. It is. We're getting angry and uh, weird about <laughs> things that we never usually would. We're going to blame coronavirus for everything. 
Caroline, she did a sort of, I'd say a traditional flavour for Britain, but I wouldn't say it's traditional in eclairs. She did that apple and blackberry eclair. She also put medlar in the middle, which is a type of fruit that I hadn't heard of before. Never heard of that one. No. Don't think I'll ever try one either. Wasn't no. too enamoured. In the little voiceover section, when they were talking about the bake that she was going to do, I think Noel said she has icing and a coolie. I'm like, why? That's so weird. You don't usually think, I'll have coolie with my eclair. That's usually something that you pour over a cheesecake at a restaurant when they try to be fancy. It just seemed a bit <laughs> odd to call it a coolie. But... And I hate the coolie on a cheesecake. Just give me the cheesecake. I don't, don't want the, the fruity bit. I didn't understand a fruity eclair. I, mm. No, you want it to be creamy and chocolatey, maybe a bit of caramel, but Ooh. apple too healthy oh, I noticed Caroline in this in the signature challenge she was drinking out of a bake-off water bottle I really want one of those I, mean, I did not notice that yeah I don't watch Love Island but I know they sell water bottles off the back of it so do you think they're going to start selling GBBO water bottles I, they should um, Caroline mm. she was trying her best to do some bake-off innuendos I think if she wasn't going I have no idea what I'm doing she was trying to say an innuendo uh, she looked over to Johanna's oven and saw her shoe buns in there uh, and she ended up saying nice big swollen buns Johanna and I thought <laughs> okay that you, I don't know if you've taken the brief uh, very well there I know you're trying to do an innuendo but you've just made it a bit disgusting <laughs> It's just a bit wrong, isn't it? I don't know why from her as well. It was just a bit like, mm, it's, it's the uncomfortable auntie at the party oh, moment, really. it was. It was Auntie Caroline has had too many gin and tonics. <laughs> and... She's been on the gin again. She's been on the meddler gin. Yes, she has. The homemade uh, meddler gin. Lovely. Yeah. Very potent. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she did start saying a few things. I just, maybe she thought, it is coming across a bit flat. I've got nothing to say other than the fact that I'm bad at baking. So maybe I need to sort of show my sort of comedy actor past and be a bit more jokey. And it, it, it didn't go, go well for me. Caroline behaving badly. You're right there. She was trying. <laughs> she was trying very hard, but but was was pretty good. I did like the bit when they were judging though, and she was basically telling Paul that he was wrong, and then she tried the the eclair herself. Went, oh yes, absolutely tasteless, absolutely <laughs> yeah. appalling. Just ignore me. I'll just I'll be over here if you need me. It's fine, you know. <laughs> I know. Brilliant. I mean, I don't. That was probably the worst thing. I mean, I think I'd prefer Paul to say it tastes awful than it tastes of absolutely nothing. But that's what he really said about Caroline's eclairs. Yeah. <laughs> I can taste the pastry, I can taste the cream. Everything else, obsolete. Not at all. Not yeah. there. No. I can just taste no. the basic components. That's it. For Johanna, he said that she used the wrong chocolate and it was a bit misshapen. Perhaps he would have preferred a dark chocolate to go with the passion fruit rather than a white chocolate. I felt that that was just personal preference, really. See, I love white chocolate and so passion I. fruit together. I think it's so good. So he's wrong. Yeah, that's that's just wrong. Maybe, yeah. maybe uh, Paul should be the one that's going, not Sandy. Yeah, oh, do you know what? I, I knew we were going to talk about that at some point. I'm gutted about I that. I know. It, it, it is sad that she is leaving because she's actually really, really good. I mean, she's great in QI as well. And Stephen mm. Fry, his shoes were very big to fill. But I think she's done it excellently. And I think she's been really good on this too. So it'll be, be weird when she goes. I don't know if have you got any opinions on what Matt Lucas will be like as her replacement. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not entirely convinced, to be fair. I think, first of all, it would have been nice to keep one male, one female. I think that would have been quite good. That's what but I thought. But I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Lucas either, to be fair. So I'm, I'm probably blinded by that. Whoever has done Bake Off has always stepped up to the mark. Sandy and Noel did, Prue did. So I imagine that Matt Lucas will as well. But it's such a shame to lose Sandy because she was perfect for it. She was caring. I remember the first series that she did and she cried when she was announcing one of the results. Yeah, she did. 
and the nation are all like, oh, come on, you know, Sandy, we love you. So, yeah, really disappointed by that one. But I'm sure for the right reasons. And her career is on the up again at the moment with QI and everything as well. She's yeah. a very popular lady at the moment and doing what she loves. So why shouldn't she go and carry on doing that? It's just a shame for us Bake Off fans left behind. This week's technical challenge it was a bit more interesting, I think, than the previous few. Uh, the previous ones have been very pastry, as you said mm. earlier. And this week, they were asked to make a Battenberg cake uh, with almond essence, orange marzipan, vanilla buttercream, and the sponge had to be in the stand-up to cancer colours. So it was orange and black. And I mean, the black looked horrible in it, I must say. <laughs> black cake just doesn't seem appetizing to me i know i wasn't really convinced by that and also when they were mixing it together it looked gray and i was sitting there going that's not gonna come out black when they bake it and they all did and i was like oh okay i'll be over here if you need me yeah yeah it was an odd one i mean it was a nice way i guess to get the stand up to cancer theme and the logo and reminding people that's why the show is on you know that was nice i feel like someone in a meeting said you know we have to do something incorporate stand up to cancer into the show a bit more maybe rather than just sort of topping and tailing the show with it maybe that's yeah. why but it, it did seem a bit overproduced this technical challenge but i mean it was it was fun i mean everyone knows what a battenberg is i don't really like them but they did look all right do you know what? i agree i thought they were quite good and i did think that it was nice not to have pastry so when it came up with the cake i was like oh yes finally good. and then they go out to the bit with paul and prue out in the tent and they show you the the battenberg that they've made or it, to be fair, neither of them have ever made that cake or bake in their life whenever <laughs> they do that. We all know that deep down. Have they not baked it at home the night before and brought it in? Oh, don't that, John? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You're probably yeah. right. Again, it's a runner yeah. having to spend their own money on the baking supplies, isn't it? Make it in their shared house <laughs> kitchen. It's like, oh, nice. You know, just a little bit of something hanging off of it. But it's always perfect and yeah. symmetrical. Someone's had to carry that on the tube. They live with like four accountants, but their job as the cool one that works in media and TV had to bake the Bake Off Battenberg, take it on the Northern Line or whatever, wrapped up in cling film. <laughs> it's like bringing in. It's a bit sweaty by the time it gets there, but oh. it's fine. They'll pretend that they like it. Yeah, but it did look but really neat, that one, though. It looked lovely. And it's that funny thing when you hear the bake being announced and the contestants this week, their reaction was great. They were like, what? Yeah. Like 90 minutes. Brilliant. You know, no time at all. And you think this is going to be chaos. And then you see Paul and Prue and they're perfect version they've got on the table and you think do you know what this could be okay and then you go back to the utter car crash <laughs> that is going on in the tent where you've got just absolute frenetic baking and people messing things up and um i loved this week the the making the little divider in I the know. middle of the the cake tin that was genius they I spent that was such a long time making that little wall everyone was doing it differently <laughs> i thought you know this must be a pivotal bit to the show and this bake you know if they don't make the wall correctly the colors will bleed together and it'll be a disaster but actually regardless of how anyone made that wall the cakes were fine i know it just worked some of them was just one little flimsy bit of foil you think no yeah that's what i thought i was like yes johanna's only used one bit of foil it's gonna seep (laughs) underneath but it didn't (laughs) and you're like ah man yeah damn it no drama I just think that everyone sort of went okay. I mean, the the sponges went well. Then they had to make buttercream, but only a little bit to stick each sort of quarter together. Then they had to uh, smear jam all over it and roll some fondant around, which in the end didn't look very neat. But there wasn't there wasn't too much, you know, that could go wrong. I just think it was the presentation and everyone was all right. But none of them matched up to that brilliant one that we saw at the beginning. (laughs) 
I know it's that thing of it starts off well and they're like very perfect with the cake tin and a little bit of foil down the middle. We'll do a bit of this and we'll take it out and we'll bake it perfectly and then we'll literally chuck it at the sheet of fondant icing, which I've hardly rolled out into any recognisable shape. Yeah, and because they had all the food colouring, all of them had orange and black hands. So it was just like orange and black smears and flour all over the fondant. It was so good. And literally, I can't remember who it was, but one of them just chucked the cake in it, wrapped it up, (laughs) plonked it down and went, I'm going to put the fold at the bottom. I'm not even going to try and mould it together. That was Joel. Joel. Yeah, Yeah, probably Joel. (laughs) Just chuck it at that. I'll just just hide the bit. Yeah, yeah, I'll hide the bit at the bottom where the uh, fondant doesn't actually match together or it overlaps. (laughs) So it's sort of on a slant. Um, And yeah, just sort of hid it at the bottom I know and Joanna forgetting that she needed to put apricot jam on it as well that was such a middle class problem I mean I like the line that Joel said when he was creating his black cake and said it looks like tar something you'd sort of wipe off the back of a duck if it was in an oil spill (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was like actually he's got a point and there was a bit the obligatory bit when the uh, non-baker the non-sort of TV celebrity had to show their real expertise so they started playing tennis with Johanna Sandy and Johanna (laughs) played a bit of tennis with I don't know what they'd made into a ball some a newspaper or something it seemed I know I thought it was great because Sandy won the point I'm using that term loosely because it did hit the kitchen mixer I mean it was literally like just on the worktop she if she wanted to try and hit it back she would have knocked off some of the kitchen equipment or her own Battenberg. <laughs> exactly. And then she's sitting there going, yeah, but it hit the mixer. Never before has a tennis player of any nationality argued that over a point. No. You can tell she is competitive. Yeah, and I feel like this would have been the perfect time for Noel to be sat on the fridge like the umpire in the big chair. <laughs> Maybe that's how it happened. Maybe he did that joke and uh, then just decided, you know what, I'm going to call out time up here as well. While I'm up here. Yeah, while I'm up here, I'll do some of my own work. <laughs> With a technical challenge, it seemed to be quite tight in the judging. Prue didn't let slip who she thought had won, uh, like she did last week. Um, But it was really tight. It kind of came down to the fact that Caroline had missed out a bit of buttercream on one section. Naughty, Um, naughty. I know, but it it, it was, you know, very slim. It was difficult to judge, I think. But yeah, Caroline ended up coming third. Joel was fourth. Johanna was second. And Tan was number one. And it was at this point I was thinking, oh, he's got it, hasn't he? Yeah, that's what I thought. Again, like you said, I was thinking, no, come on, do something bad so we can (laughs) say that's why you shouldn't be arrogant. But it didn't work. Mess up. Mess up, man. Come on, we want you to mess up. (laughs) The showstopper this week, it was much better than the last couple of weeks. They've had some sort of loose themes. It was <laughs> do your perfect day, just something you like. Come on, just make a nice cake. That was it. But this week they went quite dark, especially in this time of global pandemic. Create <laughs> your biggest fear out of cake. <laughs> there were two things that came into my mind when we when they announced that one. The first thing was a couple of episodes ago that we that we did. Yeah. It was the FA Cup style draw of showstoppers yes. so it was having one bowl of the baking items and one bowl of various different topics and it did feel like that this week we're gonna have biggest fear cake you know i know we're gonna have a bread sculpture of your feet it's yeah. ridiculous but um yeah and of course you say the timely nature of exactly what's going on this week I just... where we're all too afraid to leave our houses or sneeze or cough out in public I know. just in case you get glaring eyes at you and yeah we have biggest fear cake which was yeah creasing me up a bit it sort of uh, brought me on the verge 
verge of a, a panic attack uh, thinking about it, creating a coronavirus cake. <laughs> well, I was going to say, what would be your biggest fear cake? Oh, God, I don't know. But this is just very deep. I've got very many fears. I mean, everyone went a bit lighthearted, didn't they? Rats, heights, you know. Immediately, I thought, what's my biggest fear? And my brain went, death. <laughs> so... Wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's good we had a black cake in the one before because you could have made the Grim Reaper. Look at that. Oh. I know. So I just Excellent. thought, oh, no, I'd have to lie and come up with, oh, I'm really scared of the sea or something and have to create a beach you know that's what everyone else has done over the last couple of weeks exactly let's just make another beach scene i thought i'd be quite clever if i did that i'd say my greatest fear is making a really terrible undercooked cake oh you thought about this yes i know and i would just be like oh what a shame i've made a right hash up of it yeah which is what my fear was i meant to thank you paul i'll have the handshake and the apron see you later kids joel did his uh around his fear of heights caroline did hers around her fear of rats tan did his you know that that was quite deep the fear of aging you know that was quite philosophical but the one 36 year old who's got gray hair already yeah but perfect skin (laughs) i I know no one's going up there going you've got no wrinkles yeah at all i know i don't believe that that's not been enhanced come on that's not his real skin there's either some cgi or some needles being involved there johanna she she did take the theme quite loosely um, <laughs> i think what had happened is she had bought a dog mold a sausage dog cake mold <laughs> and sort of just thought i'm gonna make that and then realized oh god there's a theme that I'd com- I-, I didn't even know about it's your greatest fear i'm gonna have to say i'm scared of dogs or you know scared of losing my dog or scared of my dog's independence which is her reasoning <laughs> for creating her sausage dog <laughs> I was like, wow, you have got a very, very sassy dog, if that is what you are scared of. Your sausage dog, and let's just remember the size of a sausage dog compared yeah. to humans, if that is your big... I, I had a similar thought. I didn't know if the, if she'd either bought the mould or if it was one of those sort of supermarket substitutions. And she'd <laughs> ordered a snake mould, but oh no, here's a sausage dog instead. She probably hasn't even got a sausage dog. She just made it up, just just for the, for the theme. We'll go with Tan's first, because I thought his was the most impressive, actually. His was his fear of ageing. But again, he went all out with the flavours and the processes. He made his own fondant. And apparently you make it with marshmallows. Who knew? I know. I, I've never made fondant in my life. I've never even considered what it is. No. So, um, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that one. I just thought it was going to be another variant of icing sugar, water and, you know, luck. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> well, The three vital ingredients of yeah. icing. Icing, sugar, water and luck. <laughs> or... Oh. Love it. The luck gives it the extra little taste. It does. That's what turns it into uh, into fondant. <laughs> yeah. God. How do I have a baking podcast? But yeah, marshmallow. That's, uh, uh... Sorry, I'm in creases over that. You can't see me. <laughs> sorry. That was great. It's fine. You don't have to apologise for laughing. That's that's what we're we're needing in this uh, weird weird time. <laughs> I just love that. I'm going to write a recipe for for fondant icing now. Do it. But let's put it on like uh, BBC good food or what's the one you can can submit your own recipes on all recipes yeah all recipes here's the recipe for fondant icing from Greer and jp you need 100 grams of icing sugar 10 milliliters of water and a whole skip load of luck yeah a skip load that is what luck is measured in (laughs) anyway tan uh yeah made his own fondant with the marshmallows created a nutmeg sort of cream cheese icing i think i wrote cardamom again 
he obviously had bought a lot of cardamom and carrot cake. I mean, I like carrot cake, but it was a, you know, he was trying to impress, wasn't he, with all this nutmeg, cardamom, marshmallows. I was a bit concerned about his uh, fondant icing moulding when he started making his own nose. It looked a bit weird. and then he It was c- interesting. He's sort of just putting various features onto his face. And then yeah. he had that potato rice squishy thing which looked like it come out of a play-doh set i know it did all remind me of play-doh but that the hair <laughs> looked really good but i got really confused about the nose but then he sort of draped over a rolled out piece of fondant over the top and actually it looked really good yeah once he put the, the skin on i suppose yeah. it looked a lot better yeah it was good and uh, yeah it was at that point i was sort of sitting there going okay fair enough fair enough kudos to you you've come up with it you've pulled it all out and uh, you've gone for it and it worked so it was a good looking cake it was good and i mean the judges said that it was really clever uh, paul for some weird reason decided to cut right through his eye like right through <laughs> the top of his head i don't know why he just Little didn't go spiteful. back of the head yeah i know uh, he <sighs> seemed to do that a lot he cut the whole sausage dog in half (laughs) (laughs) i think paul enjoys that secretly when they make well that's why we have more of these sort of sculpture and you know favorite day out cakes now because he's like cutting people in half oh definitely yeah make a cake of your favorite relative and then he's just cutting people's (laughs) children in half and stuff Joel, he didn't really follow the brief this time. He was creating a cake about his fear of heights and he wanted to create the highest Great British Bake Off showstopper there has ever been. But there was one problem. He created it out of biscuit rather than cake, which is what they specified. Exactly. And then he turned around and said, to be fair, I've never seen all of the episodes of Bake Off. I don't know if this is the biggest one anyway, but I'm going for it. It And he did remind me, he did remind me of me as a child doing food tech at school. (laughs) Because there was one moment where he was literally just standing there in the middle of the kitchen, sort of by the bench thing, just going, I can't remember, shortbread. Uh, There's like 50 grams of sugar and, and this amount of flour and looking really stressed. And I thought that was definitely me when I did food tech GCSE. Was it a bit headless chicken? It was a little bit headless chicken walking around the kitchen going, I know there's flour in there and there's some butter and some sugar, but I can't remember for the life of me which one goes in first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, did, he did seem to have a bit of a nightmare, but he spent a lot of the time constructing his biscuit tower. He did bring in sort of like a big base and uh, a bit of dowling, like from the middle. I mean, you could see his hands shaking as he was putting them sort of on the top towards the end. I mean, it looked very cool, but I'm not sure how appetising it looked because he did create a, a bit of a cake to make the swimming pool at the bottom. I don't even know if I've said that the whole tower, he was making a diving board. That makes oh, yeah. more sense. And then, yeah, he had a cake at the bottom, which was the swimming swimming pool and he had sort of uh, that curacao liqueur and made sort of a blue jelly for the water which looked okay but i don't think either of it the sort of spray painted biscuits or the bright blue jelly cake looked that edible to me <laughs> no exactly and then when you look at the cake which was you i think put it in like a flan dish or something yeah. so it wasn't even that big there was no real rise to it it was like really what have you made here you've made a flan case um <laughs> and out of out of sponge and everything else is not a cake but i admired the man for trying he did try he obviously had the idea and was really set on it or he had some sort of wood that he needed to use up <laughs> it's the same as joanna they've been shopping at the same place no the judges said that his cake was very very dry and you're right it was a flan case so of course it's going to be dry you're not meant to bake a cake in it but they did say they liked the look of it because it was a bit of fun and actually he made a little figure of himself to sort of jump off the diving board which was quite cute so i quite i quite enjoyed it had it landed in the pool and i was like yeah there was style there so 
Joel won for style. Well done, well done, Joel. Well done, well done Joel. Joel. Well done, Joel. Um, moving on to Caroline's cake. She was scared of rats. Uh, she said she was creating a rat-shaped cake, not containing real rats, which I thought was an important <laughs> disclaimer. And it was going to be a lemon sponge, uh, lemon buttercream, and with fondant, obviously, over two. And she, her sort of main worry about this cake, not whether the cake was going to get cooked. She didn't really think about that because, you know, why would you? She thought about, I don't want the rat to look too cute because I don't want to side with rats. I want to show everyone that they are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I love that. Any animal cake that anyone has ever made, you're like, okay, let's make this look really nice and really cute. And she's like, no, that is too good. I'm taking it off. Yeah, I want to make it look disgusting because I don't like rats (laughs) in the first place. It was a good cake, though, I thought. And when she presented it at the end, it looked... It looked like a rat. You could tell what it was. She worked very hard on that one. Yeah, I mean, I thought her decorating was really good, actually. Like, it was quite artistic. It was, you know, much better than... I think was much better than Tan's decoration. Yeah, me too. Mm, The thing that let her down, obviously, was the fact that she took the cake out a bit prematurely, so it was raw (laughs) in the middle. So it was really stodgy when they tried it. And she did let them in on the secret that the middle of it was worse, so Paul had to cut in further. I know, she nearly got away with it. Literally, I was probably one of millions of people that as she cut, as they cut through the cake, and it sort of didn't all come slopping out. I thought, oh, she's got away with it, this is great. And then she drops the bombshell, and it's like, great, well done. And lastly, someone whose sculpture and decoration didn't go too well. Uh, Johanna and her sausage dog cake. We've spoken about the mould and her strange reason for picking it, but she was making a chocolate sponge with hazelnut liqueur and a dark chocolate ganache. Um, And she said several times that her dog doesn't love her. um, I wonder why. Yeah, I know. I mean, if it looks like that, it's got some issues. It was that brilliant thing of you hear the description of the cake and I'm thinking chocolate, nice hazelnut liqueur amazing. amazing ganache you know that's one of my favorite baking words yeah ganache. and then it comes out looking like that it was just yeah it was interesting but it yeah. tasted amazing they said i think yeah they did they said it tasted really good but what i didn't understand is when she put the dog molds into the oven yes she said it was going to rise but why didn't she then sort of when it had cooled slice that top bit off because actually that was just the bit spilling over the mold the rest of the mold would have been fine so she could have sliced off the weird bulbous bit that had come off the top (laughs) and then just left the normal dog shape and i know it, it would have been good but she she didn't think of that and then I think for like the last 20 minutes of her bake she just seemed to stand there with a pallet knife just sort of <laughs> moving around the icing it looked really weird and then at the end when it was a close-up of what the cake looked like finished it seemed to have looked completely different to how it was looking on her bench so someone I feel had come along to tidy it up I mean it even had an eye at the end it didn't when she was stood there <laughs> she didn't give it yeah. a face she didn't she didn't give it an eye there was not enough love for that dog no, cake there wasn't. at that moment and then all of a sudden, you're right, it's sort of, there's a little bit of finesse. I mean, it still looked like, well, I would say that a six-year-old made it, but I think that's insulting the six-year-old, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I think probably. that's a little bit mean on the six-year-old. But, yeah, it looked really bad. And it made me laugh because one of them, I think it might be Noel, said... Um, you know, you made these two cakes. No, it's Paul. Why have you put the two cakes on top of yeah. each other? You should have just used one cake and cut it in half. It did look a bit big, didn't it? It looked sort of I want to say top heavy but no it just seemed a bit too hefty having a slice mm. of that would have been too much would have been too way too much but I think it's one of those if you'd have uh, sort of had a mouthful of with your eyes shut and you didn't see what you were actually eating you probably <laughs> would have been like oh this is lovely yeah, fantastic amazing cake but then you opened Ooh. it and went oh my god <laughs> what is that <laughs> yeah 
I enjoyed hearing her say some of the words like, this will go quite tits up. Uh, she also said that it was a cock up as well. And I just thought the way she's saying this, this is making up for the fact that it looks terrible. I just am enjoying the very Britishisms that she was coming out with. I know, I was quite shocked. I was like, Joanna Conta, I wouldn't, I wouldn't believe this to have no. come from your mouth. No. Uh, and then I think she tried to have a go at a bit of comedy. Uh, she said her cake uh, was the leaning tower of sausage. Uh, and then Paul obviously got some icing on his fingers and she said something about, oh, it's finger licking good. And I thought, oh, you've not, you don't really understand comedy. Um, <laughs> I don't think you've got it down. So you're having a go. You've, you've got a couple of comedians in the tent with you and you feel like you've, you've got it, but you haven't. Stick to baking or tennis. Yeah. Uh, no, tennis. Stick with tennis. Tan one. Would you agree that he was a worthy winner? Yeah, I, I did actually. I think if you look across all the bakes, he did really well. The first one wasn't great. Good in the technical. Obviously, that Battenberg was really nice. And he wasn't the best in terms of the sort of decoration in the last one. But I liked the idea of it. It was quite a good concept. Um, but I did love the moment when Noel, just for a split second gave the hope to Joel by announcing him as the winner and then took it away from him straight away. I loved that. It was so cheeky. I feel like, (laughs) you know, with these episodes, it's a bit like, you know, you're at school at the moment. It's snow day. Just a bit like, oh, school's not real, but we're still in school. It's kind of fun. (laughs) And that's what the celebrity bake-off is. They're like, oh, we're doing our serious bake-off job, but we can really muck around. We can just mess around and make people's dreams and then dash them. But it was quite cute. Joel's face, he was like, what? You could (laughs) see it sort of light up a little bit. Yeah. For a tiny millisecond, you saw him go, huh, really? And then it was dashed. Tan was probably the best one out of the bake-off yeah. tent this week. I don't remember who we've got on next week. I mean, hopefully there's going to be a stronger Ooh. lineup. I mean, we could have a little look now. I mean, I can find out. Go Shall on, we? Google. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this on you my Google phone. It. Here we go. But yeah, so there's usually like a TV personality. There's a wild card uh, as a comedian. But yeah, I'm kind of hoping for maybe a bigger personality in next week's episode rather than the four that we had this week they were fun they were they were nice enough but it it didn't seem to be laugh a minute like the week before oh okay here we've got it now oh next week's gonna be a good one who is it so next week is james blunt what joe sugg yeah alex jones nice and alison hammond oh okay now what they should have done is split the two groups in half and mix yeah, them up a bit so you've got I some thought. big personalities from next week or in fact last week and put them in tonight's one that would have been better but james blunt yeah. he's he's wonderfully sarcastic i mean today he tweeted out uh, during this whole self-isolation thing lots of celebrities have been doing mini concerts on social media and stuff and he said best thing i can do is not do one for you <laughs> that's my that. gift to like... you i was like well played that was quite a good one actually that made me laugh it was good so he's gonna have quite a lot of good jokes i hope alison hammond she is so unpredictable uh, and ridiculous <laughs> that's gonna be good and i feel like alex jones as well she'll be a laugh too i think yeah she's you know one of those sweet and light presenters that you see on the sofa on the one show but she's got a dark side behind it you can tell <laughs> yeah definitely i wonder if they'll sort of make them do a, a very dark themed cake again your <laughs> make a cake sculpture out of the most traumatic moment of your childhood <laughs> <laughs> This, have you got the FA Cup balls there again? I have, I know. <laughs> we would like you to make a three-tiered cake of the best therapy session you've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Time flies when you're, you haven't spoken to anyone for days. <laughs> <laughs>
I know, it's like, are you real? Are you actually there on the other end of the phone? I know, it's just the TV talking to me again, like <laughs> Boris and all of the people on the news. Oh, those lovely people. They never speak back, though, do they, Gria? No, no. No, no. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me back again. That's all right. Any time. Um, I hope you've enjoyed chatting Bake Off. I did. Do you know what? I've missed it, actually. I have uh, missed chatting Bake Off. Let's do it again sometime. We should, definitely. Well, you've stayed right to the end of this podcast, haven't you? Well, that can only mean two things. Firstly, you've put me on and I've made you fall asleep in the bath or on the sofa and I've bored you so much that you've fallen asleep. Uh, Secondly, it means that you've put me on whilst you're doing another activity where you need the use of your hands and perhaps there's something on your hands which means you can't get to the phone right now to turn me off. Well, fingers crossed, you're only doing the washing up and you can stick around long enough to hear me say a little bit of a serious bit. I know, I don't do serious, it's weird, sorry. But I wanted to point out that the episodes that we're talking about, uh, the Celebrity Bake Off, they're actually an aid for Stand Up To Cancer and that's a charity that Channel 4 support regularly throughout their programming throughout the year. And it felt a bit weird for me to be doing a podcast without bringing up the fact that they are broadcasting it for a good cause and throughout we are encouraged to donate. So I felt like I needed to say that if you enjoyed the great British Bake Off this week and you can spare some extra cash from your budget this month then consider donating it to Stand Up To Cancer because that's what the show's all about that's why the celebrities are on it and that's how we've got something to talk about on this podcast so even though I'm not associated with Channel 4 or uh, the Great British Bake Off itself I did think that it would be a good idea to give you the information on where to donate and how so um, you can donate via the website stand up to cancer on channel 4 you can put a donation straight on there there are also a few other ways that you can do it as well you can text donate 10 pounds 20 or 30 pounds by texting 10 20 or 30 to 70404 or you can call to donate on 03001234444 